Welcome everyone to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast, where we'll be talking about any and all things Sport Kite related. Over the next episodes, we hope to talk about everything from how to set up your first Sport Kite to more advanced stuff like how to tweak your trick flying and kind of a little bit of everything in between. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of sportkite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. I wanted to take a second to give a big shout out to George, Nick, Aaron, and Alan for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. This podcast is a part of the website sportkite.org, and it's a growing resource for sportkite flyers and enthusiasts. It is all volunteer run and updated. You can find us also on Facebook, and we'd love to hear what you think, whether you disagree with what we are saying, or maybe you want to add something. In this episode, I talk with Paul DeBacher, Hunter Brown, Devin Coblay-Morrison, and a new gentleman, Spencer Watson, about new school versus old school tricks. How do we define them? Is there a clear definition? And ultimately, does it really matter? You may notice that my microphone has a few issues when I'm moderating the conversation, but thankfully the guys deliver with some great viewpoints and thoughts, and the conversation just moves right along. So, let's get started. Hi, my name is Devin Cobley-Morrison. I've been flying kites for about 25 years, and currently I'm a designer with Skyburner Kites. Hi, my name is Zach Gordon. Uh, I've been flying kites for about 22 years, uh, currently living in Los Angeles, and excited to get back into the sport. Hey, my name is Hunter Brown. I've uh, been flying probably in the neighborhood about 35 years. Uh, one of the co-founders of Focus Kite Designs and uh, owned a kite store for about 10 years. Hi, my name is Paul DeBucker. I've been flying since 92, um, design competition. Uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, first in Europe and since 2006 in the United States, based in Washington. And I'm Spencer Watson. Most people call me Wadi because um, my last name. Uh, I've been flying for about 15, 16 years, flying dual line, quad line, indoor, outdoor, stacks, whatever I can get my hands on. And glad to be a part of the podcast. It's fair. I just want to call out spence there that uh uh his video of the revs indoors i mean that's classic if you haven't seen it online you should go watch it so far one of the biggest uh kite flying videos views wise i think it's at what 1.6 1.7 million something like that i haven't checked in quite a while but yeah that, that took off on reddit years ago and that was exciting for for a hot minute all right, so the topic today that I'd like to discuss with you guys is understanding kind of where tricks fall. We have beginner tricks or, or basics, you know, kind of the building blocks that you have to learn when it comes to sport kite flying. Then we have old school tricks and we have new school tricks. There's a lot of debate on where certain tricks fall in that category and how you define new school versus old school. And I was just kind of wondering what you guys think, because you've, you've, most of you have been there through the development of, or the transition from old school to new school tricks. So I you, will leave it to you guys. You're calling us old? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Zach. I'm just going to stick my hand out there. I'm not entirely sure what qualifies as a new school trick. 
coming from you know flying since I was around eight years old. The style of tricking has kind of been the same, I'd say. You want to start with an axle or something and maybe a stall to get that going, fade. As you progress, uh, cascade, then maybe a, a comet or something. But I'm not really sure what the, I guess the next step would be, what would be qualified as a new school compared to those, or if those are even old school, or if we're talking like a, you know, spin landing as an old school before there were standoffs or something like that. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like I'm fairly versed in the tricking vocabulary, but this kind of stumps me a little bit. Yeah, Zach, I, I feel a similar case there where I feel like the age of the school seems like a pretty arbitrary categorization. So I'd like, it's a little bit weird there. I can think of precision and slackline. Okay, that's a reasonable categorization. That makes sense. They're very different. But yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. I feel like generally when people talk about new school, I think they're talking more of the like, like flippy shit is, is kind of the categorization I would, I would guess. So it's kind of maybe just precision and, and slackline. Is that what new school old school is? I'm not really, I'm not really sure, but they are very different. And you see a lot of people leaning towards one or the other doing a lot of precision or people that are just doing slackline stuff. So I don't know, they're both exciting though. You know, if that's kind of the, the ultimate question is, is what do you like more? Is a good balance between the both of them is, is great. Uh, okay, so Spencer brings up a couple of good points here as well as Zach who spoke before Spencer. Um, the one thing that I'm thinking about flying basically since when I was four is that the term new school or radical changed with kite design. So like way back in, you know, the kite stone age, like just when standoffs were around, like radical could almost encompass a tight turn radius or something with oversteer. So we started kind of there. And then I would say these, these old school tricks that back then were new school. I, if you really want to be black and white about it, maybe old school is a bit more rotational based. And I, I, I do think maybe new school has a lot to do with like a deep pitch, um, a lot of combinations, stuff like that. At the end of the day, you're stringing them all together anyway. So I guess you could just slap the name fusion on it. Hey, Devin, if you don't mind, can you just elaborate on what you mean by deep pitch? Yeah, Hunter. Um, so pitch or uh, some people call it a backflip. Dinosaurs call it a turtle. Um, Paul being a dinosaur. Um, this um, this idea of how deep or extreme a kite can lay on its back. So if you look at some videos, um, I'll throw my own kite out there. Um, like the solus does not sit very deep on its back. When you put it in a turtle, the spine is essentially parallel to the ground, where a lot of the newer stuff, it looks like the kite can stall in a turtle backflip, whatever you want to call it. Um, they basically hang from the lower spreaders. That's a, that's a deep pitch. Yeah, thanks for calling me a dinosaur, Devin. That's that's awesome. It's just just what I needed to get my confidence started in this one today. Love you. Um, I, I like I like 
though uh, the distinction of old school, new school, I think you're right in that that the meaning of those of those phrases almost changed as kite design changed. Uh, I can think of of two ways of looking at old school, new school, and one indeed is the standoff, the development of and the implementation of the standoff is where slack line tracking started, is where new school started, everything before being old school. My personal understanding of it and, and my timeline of things is around 2000, 2001, when, when this whole new generation of, of multi access multi combo type tricks were introduced to the scene both in Europe as well as in the states so uh, your first slack lining was, was what mid 90s uh, and then and then 2000 2001 on to now it would be the new school uh, era so I can go I can go both ways really for me I think it's the latter one that I that I prefer uh, old school new school tricks meaning all tricks are are slack line because that's just the the generation that I am and that I grew up in uh, somebody even older than me might argue differently and and say hey no it's it's where the standoff came into play and and when the slack line tricks were were first seen yeah, I feel like we're talking about oh sorry no, no, that's, that's all right um no I was just going to I agree with what Paul is saying and that's what I was going to say is I I, I somewhat believe that it it is can depend on when you came into the sport. Um, however, with that said, you, know, you, you on Facebook, you may hear someone say something. Uh oh, uh, on Facebook, you might hear someone say uh, old school or new school. And if you're a new flyer, you know, you're wondering what that is. So that obviously that's where this question comes from. But for me, I, I agree. I can see that two ways. I think like Paul, uh, where uh, you know, the, the turning, the spin turn, landing, tip stand, that kind of stuff is old school. But then when you get slack line, that becomes new school. However, I fully agree with Paul that there was in the world of slack line, or as Devin said, radical flying, there was a, uh, a distinction that occurred. I agree with Paul in the early 2000s with like the comet and that type of move um, that took new school slack line tricks to a whole nother level. I, I think I see something with Paul mentioning about the sort of, well, us considering continuing a trend about sort of precision versus like slack line stuff. I'm, my mind is kind of equating this back to quad line stuff, which historically I've, I was originally a quad line guy. I'm still a quad line guy, but fly everything now. But Quad line is a bit interesting in this context because it's newer than dual line generally, right? So like by the time quad line was really getting getting used much, it dual line had already gone through this point where we had standoffs and we had this stuff going. So it, I don't see the terms new school and old school in quad line, but I do see, I, I wouldn't call flying a square with a quad line a trick. That's precision. But when I think of a trick with a quad line, I think of an axle, a flick flack, a falling leaf, something like that. Um, so I feel like I kind of want to equate that back over to dual line as well. And that when I think of a trick with a dual line, I think of flippy stuff. I don't think of flying a square, flying a circle, stuff like that. And so it's just kind of interesting, this kind of difference because of the history, more robust history that exists with dual line as opposed to quad line, even though at the end of the day, you still have this similar separation of precision versus slack line. And why does one call them new school, old school, and the other one calls them 
precision and slackline, right? I would I would pretty much agree with that, Spencer. I would like to just throw in there. I do think there's there should be or there is some gray area when when somebody does a slide with a dual line kite. I think that's a trick, but not necessarily slack line or precision. It's kind of in the middle. And same with quads where they do those, you know, basically a, a slide. <laughs> um, I think that that is still, it's a precision element, but in that trick category, um, maybe falls more into the old school style of thinking or old school type of tricks, because that's what people were able to do before the standoff. But yeah, that's, that's my train of thought there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast. We hope to be bringing you something new every week. Like next week, we'll be discussing a bit more in depth about actual tricks, trick categories, and how it all pieces together. Don't forget to find sportkite.org on Facebook and give it a like and a follow. And check out the website, sportkite.org, and watch this resource grow. If you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at info at sportkite.org or drop us a line on Facebook. By the way, if you like what you've heard here and you'd like to see it continue, consider becoming a supporter. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. Thank you for listening. Till next time.